Welcome to Two Travel Dads Podcast. Here we share our favorite destinations, travel tips, ideas for saving money, and stories from our adventures. Be sure to check out our show notes at twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes. Welcome back to another episode of Two Travel Dads Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Rob. And this is our second part of our Yellowstone National Park geyser tour. Tour? Overview, I think. Overview. It's basically we are taking you through all the different geyser basins to tell you what's worth your time. And um, Have we been through every single geyser basin? The only one we haven't been to is the Black Sand Geyser Basin. Got it. So we can't comment on that one until we, can't. Thanks we finally for, get there. Thanks for starting out by pointing out what we can't do. But we can talk about 98% we can, of exactly. the Exactly. We can that. talk about every other geyser basin. I just had to ask because I was like, wait, have we been to every single one? No, that was the no. one that we were going to do, but then Oliver had to use the bathroom, and so well, again, we had to do that oh, yeah. emergency turnaround. Yeah. So again, if you listen to the episode just prior, planning is very important as you're trying to get to all these Planning is so important. Um, so where we finished last time, we had covered everything from Old Faithful and the Biscuit Basin to the West Thumb and Norris Geyser Basin, Artist Paint Pots, all that stuff. Um, that's where I broke my camera. That's where you broke your camera. Every episode is going to talk about breaking the camera. Um, now we are going to cover um, some of the lesser known spots um, that are really remarkable and totally worth adding to your itinerary when you visit Yellowstone, even though they're not on anybody's top 10 but ours. So, mm. good times. Um, and also, a quick thing that we didn't call out in our last episode that I wanted to make sure to talk about to start is, um, so, Yellowstone, it gets cold, right? Yes. It does, and it gets really hot, too. Yes, but what I wanted to call out as something to consider is if you want to take pictures and or just see the geysers for the splendor that they are, you do need to visit them when it is not super duper chilly cold outside because for at least the colorful things like what we're going to start talking about in just a oh, moment. Oh, with the thermophiles? With the thermophiles? Yeah. So the, the thing about visiting when it's super cold is because the waters that are bubbling up are so hot, they produce a ton of steam. Steam, Just like... so, Like when you're boiling water on a stove. Yes. Thank you. Um, but so with all of that steam comes obstructed views, basically, of a lot of the things you're going to look at. You so, don't get the reflections and you don't get to see exactly. the beautiful colors. Exactly. So when you visit early in the morning or um, on a very, very cold day, your view is not going to be the same even when you are up close. So I just wanted to call that out because the first thing we're talking about today is Grand Prismatic Spring, which we visited first thing in the morning when it was super chilly out. And the steam, um, the steam made it both amazing and a total bummer. Well... <laughs> It made it a bummer when you were trying to take pictures of it. However, it was still a beautiful sight regardless. And I remember um, it was so blue. There was this beautiful blue haze right above mm -hmm. the springs. And I mean, still absolutely beautiful. You won't get the Nat Geo picture that you're hoping for, um, but you'll still just be in awe of what yeah. you see. And so, I mean, that's that's just it, is that because there is so much steam when you visit um, the speci specifically the colorful hot springs. Um, if you visit them when it's so cold and there is so much spring or spring, blah, blah, blah. I wish 
<laughs> when there's so much steam, um, it gives you that filtered view of everything, but it does reflect, and this is what is so cool, it reflects the color of the pool that's directly below it. So like for example, when we were at Midway Geyser Basin, that's where you'll find Grand Prismatic Spring is the Midway Geyser Basin. Um, when you are there, the um, blues and the reds and the oranges reflect up into the steam. So as you're walking, even though you can't see this enormous hot spring, that is the most colorful thing I've ever seen. Um, the steam itself, I keep on wanting to say spring instead of steam. I noticed. The steam itself is beautiful. So, you know, you don't have to be up high. You can be at the same level as the hot spring and still see the color, which is pretty cool. But if you do want to see it from up above, there's a trick. You you actually don't access that from the Midway Geyser Basin. No, I mean, you think you can and you're looking around trying to figure out you see and all these it people seems like you can you see these people walking around like oh there should be an overlook somewhere and then you look and you see like they like look like ants just like these people walking around and going up to some viewpoint you're like there's these boardwalks everywhere one of them has to take us to an overlook no it's lies. no boardwalk however there is a place yeah so you actually you need to leave the midway geyser basin and head south like you're going to old faithful and you'll see something that says um fairy falls hike it does not say Grand Prismatic Spring Overlook, like you would hope it would. It says Fairy Falls Trailhead. So you need to park in that very small parking lot, and then you have to do a hike. It's about a mile up to the overlook. And there is actually, despite it not saying it at the start of the trail, there is a sign that points you up to the overlook once you are almost there, which is cool. And then you just hike up. It's not too far. Um, it's not a crazy climb or anything like that but it just takes you up above the grand prismatic spring and you'll have to check the show notes because the view from the overlook is amazeballs oh yeah absolutely beautiful because you see the valley you see the spring and the surrounding hot springs we saw bison off in the distance from up there it was amazing so it's one of my favorite places yeah it yeah we did it in the um late afternoon right before sunset and it was just, it was incredible. Yeah. So, and um, something else to kind of note and think about is that in national parks, you can't use drones. So if you are hoping I'm to so get- so excited about that. I know. Drones are the most obnoxious sound ever. I mean, they're cool, but yeah. No, yeah. Just... The pictures they get are cool. The videos they get are cool. As a normal person wanting to relax and enjoy things, the sound of that sneaking up behind you is really yeah. obnoxious. Or like a natural wonder that wants to live on forever that has a drone fall into it really yeah. sucks. So anyway, so you can't use drones in national parks. So the best view that you can get of something as amazing as the Grand Prismatic Spring is by doing the Fairy Falls Trail hike. So there you go. Add that to your Yellowstone itinerary slash bucket list. And um, you'll be very glad you did. So um, the next stop on our drive is another one of those kind of obscure spots that um, you might just drive past not thinking it's anything, but is actually really incredible and um, worth the time. It is called Firehole Lake Drive. So um, the Firehole River is what flows from the Yellowstone, um, the Old Faithful area, and kind of winds its way through the park. Then I think it joins up with maybe the Madison River. Maybe it's the Yellowstone River. I'm not sure. I can't answer. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyways, um, so Firehole Lake Drive has 
this amazing collection of hot springs and kind of random geysers all along it. And um, it's beautiful. It has some of the best photo ops in the park. It was super amazing. Yeah, and there's like nobody there. And there's like that Spring River. It's like all those boardwalks crossing over. The water just flowing mm-hmm. and the steam is rising. And um, So, yeah, that's, that's kind of at the end of Firehole Lake Drive. It's all part of it. It is. So <laughs> when you first get there, though, the very first thing you come to is um, Firehole Spring, which we parked the car thinking, eh, so what, it's a little spring. It was the most farty and hilarious, active, bubbly spring. But wasn't there something about it that was out of sync? Yeah, like... some, it was making these weird big bubbles, and because of the way the light was hitting it, it looked like the bubbles were doing something else weird. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and they were supposed to like break, but they didn't. Like the, there was something yeah. that just seemed like that it was off. Yeah. So the when you when you're looking at a hot spring, the vent that the water comes up through or that is superheating the water is usually not directly in the center. It's kind of off to the side, and that was the case at Firehole Spring. So when you look at it, you're like, oh, there comes the bubble, and as you're watching it come up and make this big like, that's my geyser sound. Um, it was actually showing up in like a different part of the pond. Totally weird. Yeah. It was really cool. Very strange. You just have to walk, go yeah. check it out. It's beautiful. Something about it's not quite right. Yeah. So, and it's the very, very first thing you see once you're on Firehole Lake Drive. So, good times. Um, next thing along the way is the Great Fountain Geyser. And actually one of my favorite pictures that we ever got of the four of us is sitting, waiting for the Great Fountain Geyser to go off. That was the one, you know, that had the um Oh, I know, yeah. The big circular terrace. Mm-hmm. Look at our show notes because it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, I thought we went we went to the other place right across the way first though. So I guess that's why I was confused. That where it had another geyser up top and a bunch of the water continued to flow down, kind of like Yeah. I want no, to say like a flatbed river down to where that geyser space was. No, so that's over at the hot lake. Mm. Yeah. Where's so, the hot lake? Is that firehole lake? We're drive? still not there. That still is Firehole Lake Drive, okay. but that still is at the end of it. Got it. So, cause, so you're at the Great Fountain Geyser, and that's mm-hmm. where we got that really amazing picture. Yeah. And it's just beautiful because there's all the travertine terraces and perfectly still water and, and beautiful the, reflections. In the, all the colors because of the thermophiles. Uh-huh. And the thermophiles, gorgeous. And then we were actually, we were sitting there getting, you know, our picture taken by a random stranger. Um, and then we saw the white dome geyser going off across the way, probably like a half mile away. And so real quick, we ran and jumped in the car to continue on fire the whole dra- lake drive. And we got to the White Dome Geyser right as it stopped. But it's, gosh, that's that's a really cool one, we too. We still saw it. It was super cool. This whole area yeah. was amazing, actually. Yeah. And there's, like, nobody here because it's not on the main drag and it's not famous. And so we got to experience all this stuff with almost nobody around. But the White Dome Geyser is really amazing because it's got this, um, it has a travertine cone that's you know built up by explosion after explosion after explosion and all the mineral deposits that is ridiculously tall it's it's unlike most of the geysers that you see like over at the old faithful geyser basin even old faithful itself actually only has kind of a small mound it doesn't have like this sort of weird cone um but the white dome geyser does so you actually get to see this cool like natural sculpture that is spewing water everywhere and I think that was super duper cool. Um, but now we can talk about what you were talking about. The um, the weird place with the really erratic, funny little geysers and the rushing, steaming water and all that. So um, nearly at the end of Firehole Lake Drive, 
Oh, and that's right. And there was a bison there too. Oh yeah. Remember that? It was just mm-hmm. like kind of walking around the road, just wondering, you know, should I cross this boiling water or shouldn't I? Um, that's the daily struggle of a bison in Yellowstone to sink or not to sink. Um, but anyway, so we got to the hot lake area and there is the artesia geyser and the hopeful geyser. They're just these little spittery, sputtery. Um, they're basically, they're like upgraded hot springs and they're beautiful and they stink and they're hilarious to watch. And I mean, they, I don't know, they don't get more than what, maybe like three or four feet tall. Yeah. And I think there's one, like it happens like every couple of minutes. I mean, it's just a cool spot. Yeah. So Yellowstone is that weird, unpredictable area where you show up and one second it's just this little lake and then all of a sudden this lake has a fountain. <laughs> so, and that's exactly what it was there. And that all pour, pulls, blah, blah, blah. I can't speak mm-hmm. sometimes. That all flows down through um, the boiling cascades into the hot lake. And the hot lake is, it, I mean, it is just that. It's just this lake that whatever temperature is outside, you still see it just steaming and there's boardwalks that go around a portion of it and boardwalks that take you across the boiling cascades and it's just it really is fascinating it's a hot lake i mean how many hot lakes do you see it's a hot lake yeah there was that other hot lake that we saw but it wasn't called hot lake you know what that's in a different in yellowstone yeah it's a okay yeah no no i just mean like outside of yellowstone oh yeah when do you see a hot lake like oh look at that lake oh careful it's hot like that doesn't happen it doesn't happen you are correct (laughs) it does not often happen (laughs) good times these are the things we talk about in our car when we're on road trips (laughs) anyways there's some wine happening as we record this too so you know keeping it authentic Uh, (laughs) so anyways Firehole Lake Drive easy to drive past easy to forget totally worth your time do it um the next one is another spot that's very close to that that really surprised us and the kids loved. I think it was probably the highlight of Yellowstone, and that is the Fountain Paint Pots area. So the Fountain Paint Pots, and I'm really bummed, so I accidentally deleted a whole bunch of video footage, and then I tried to restore it, and it didn't work. It's all corrupted now. But I got this amazing video of the kids just running through this geyser that kept on going. And it's the Fountain Geyser. And that's what Fountain Paint Pots is named after. So this geyser basin um, has a good collection of paint pots. We talked about those in the last episode when we talked about the um, artist paint pots. And so basically it's this really thick clay soup that um, the acid from the springs eats the rock and turns it into this clay and then the clay boils and bubbles and gas escapes and it goes blop, 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 and it's really weird. So Fountain Paint Pots has some of those paint pots as well, including like the leather pot, which is this big nasty area with cracked, dried, gross-looking clay (laughs) Um, and steam. But then there are some other cool things there too, one of which is the Fountain Geyser, which I don't know if I've ever seen so active and fun and funny a geyser as the fountain geyser and the kids were i don't know would you say they loved it they were i'm trying to remember which one that was 
That was the one that they kept on running through. Okay, yeah. So And there was also a huge group of Asian tourists who Yeah, no, no, no. So you Okay, so I want to make sure it was the same one. Um because maybe I know you lost that video, but I still have footage because I recorded it. Um and it was hilarious watching them. I'm so excited that you have some because Yeah, I really believe that I I have it, so I have to check and confirm. Um but anyways, yeah, no, it was hilarious because um it the the geyser was just blowing off and it was so steamy you could barely see while you're on the boardwalk but you were just getting splattered with everything the kids were like running and ducking down for cover i had to and, cover my camera oh my lens gosh. because it had geyser it water all over it absolutely hilarious <laughs> and my phone and my face and my glasses oh my gosh yeah that was so funny it was kind of bonkers but it was it was amazing and i have to say as far as like fun random moments go Oh, yeah. Now Chris is pulling up pictures on his phone that are not flattering. Maybe I'll include those in the show notes. We'll see. <laughs> but no, as, as far as like actual like fun in the moment goes, the fountain geyser was the most fun I've ever had interacting with the earth. I know that sounds kind of weird and maybe a little hippie, but um, literally hilarious, totally worth it. And again, it's one of the spots totally easy to drive past because you don't know about it. You haven't heard about it. It's worth going. And right next to it, it's got a couple other geysers. It's got the jet geyser, which goes off at the same time. So when you think you can kind of run and escape, you get sprayed by a different geyser, which is awesome. And then the jelly geyser is also going off. So they all kind of go in tandem. And so, yeah, um, it's a hoot. Yeah, no, it was super fun. <laughs> like if if you're there and the geysers are going off um, and being as active as they were when we were there, it's it's a cool experience. And they do it every hour. So it's... They're just as consistent, if not more so, than Old Faithful. They're just not as tall, but so much more fun. Oh, my gosh, and it's really funny because Chris just pulled up the video and the faces that the kids are making. They're actually, like, doing this thing where like they duck and cover. Like, stop, drop, and roll. They think it's, like, stop, drop, and roll. Or, like, yeah, duck and cover. Like, <laughs> So I'm going to figure out a way to embed this video in the show notes because it's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I haven't watched it since we were there. It's, it's epic. Oh, it's Good times. So okay. Funny. Moving on. Um, there's just a couple other quick things I wanted to call out about the Fountain Paint Pots area. And there are some, um, it's just that there's these beautiful hot springs that are there too. So, yes, there's fun. Yes, it's hilarious. But then the Celestine Pool and the Silex Spring, they are, um, if you choose to like skip over the Biscuit Basin that we talked about in that last episode, um, these pools kind of make up for that. Oh, I skip biscuit basin to go there you would yeah oh, okay well there you go i think biscuit basin is one of the coolest spots and it totally is but um yeah you know there you have it chris says he'd skip biscuit basin to come to fountain paint pots and that way you get crazy hilarious geysers and the beautiful pools so voila yeah what's not to like about that let's move on um our next stop is the mud volcanoes so between the west thumb geyser basin and um Hayden Valley, you are going to come across the mud volcanoes, which are very different from anything else that we've talked about so far. And when I'm trying to think, on our first trip to Yellowstone, did we go to the mud volcanoes? I don't think so. So this last trip, I feel like it might have been your first time there. Was it? No. So. Oh, no, because no? we went the first time with the boys on um, back in 2015, because I remember getting a picture of them with Elliot in a stroller because he's a baby 
and he had his helmet on. And um, Oliver was standing next to the stroller with the most disgusted look on his face because it smelled so bad. And Elliot was wearing a yellow onesie. Got it. Got it. Good Anyways, memory. I know. I'm just thinking about this. Um, so the mud volcanoes, they're really cool. And, um, you know, I think it's worth a stop just because they are so unique and different from everything oh, else. It's, yeah. I mean, again, it's like the artist paint pots. It's like, where else do you see things like this? Churning. <laughs> it's like, it's I just... like that. And it gives you this <laughs> disgusting smell that makes you cough just like that. It actually it's totally rancid. does. And But the kids were hilarious <clears throat> because, yeah, okay, yeah, it smells bad. Um, but it is, you're, you're watching like these pools of like mud and just kind of earth just bubble and churn and spout. And it's just, it's just weird. And it's very different from the paint pots in that they are, it's, it's so much bigger. And because there's so much more water in it, it's much more fluid and it literally is spouting, not just like, but like, it's just yeah it's roaring it's just interesting right and everything is named after a dragon there that's the other thing yeah it's black dragon spring dragon's mouth spring dragon cauldron and you never know like i mean this last time we were there we were there early in the morning it was freezing cold outside my fingertips were Um, dead but uh but you would see these huge like bison pies um (laughs) throughout this this place and so you know humans we have to walk in the boardwalk bison they can walk wherever they want and do whatever they want including those kind of fragile crust zones exactly so i think it would be really cool if you were to actually see a bison around there while you're there we only saw the 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 leftovers so i've been there when there's been bison there yeah so i was there in 1999 that's a long time ago i know and um but it was very memorable because while i was there at the mud volcanoes a bison was crossing the boardwalk and actually stepped through a board and got stuck. Oh, I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. yeah. And they had to close the trail, but like we could watch it from where we were and they had to, like the rangers were down there, like actually like freeing the bison who got stuck in this boardwalk. Totally weird. Yeah. So, you know, the wildlife of Yellowstone, they go where they want to go. But um, other cool things about the mud volcanoes to know though, is that it's actually one of the newest areas in Yellowstone National Park to um, be interesting to tourists because um, most of the features there showed up in the from like 1945 to like 1965, where literally all of the sudden this lake appeared and there was mud and steam shooting everywhere. And the um, really cool, the churning cauldron that's it's right off of the walkway, that was one of the ones that just showed up one day. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I mean, that's something that's interesting about Yellowstone is that you never know when things are going to change because of how the earth changes. So one small shift in something could stop flow of like water and gas and heat or whatever to some other area mm-hmm. that could have been like an amazing feature. So you got to get to Yellowstone and see some of these amazing things before something changes and, yeah. and stops it from becoming something that's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, right there in that parking lot at the mud volcanoes, they had to add special barriers in certain spots because, oh, a steam vent opened up in the parking lot. Yeah. But, um, and you know, speaking of that whole phenomena of things shifting and changing, that that usually happens when there's an earthquake or something in Yellowstone. But I can remember when I was younger, so we're moving on to Mammoth Hot Springs now is what we're going to talk about. 
I can remember when I was younger and water flowed off of almost all the Mammoth Hot Springs area, including like the Minerva Terrace. So it was really famous for being so flowy. And um, now when you go, it only flows when it rains right there, that specific terrace spot. But um, yeah, so Mammoth Hot Springs, let's chit chat about that. It is one of the coolest, most beautiful, easiest places to actually visit in Yellowstone. Um, it is right inside the park from the Gardner entrance. So that's the north entrance where you go through the Roosevelt Peace Arch. Um, there's a couple different ways you can visit it. So you can park down below by the visitor center that really focuses on wildlife and the hot springs and like early Yellowstone culture. And it's by the hotel, um, the Mammoth Hotel. Or you can go up top to the upper terrace loop and you can drive around. And that doesn't take you through all the springs, but it takes you through another portion of the springs that are really, really cool and totally worth visiting. There's lots of elk up there. Um, but yeah, the, our recommendation, I would say, is to park down below and then do the big loop. So you start down at the Liberty Cap, which is it's an extinct geyser. It's a huge um, travertine cone. And then you just start hiking up and you go through like the Cleopatra Terrace and you go past the Minerva Terrace. Um, and that's where you see things like the Mound Terrace is the first big flowing one that you come across when you're coming up from like the hotel area. And it's colorful. It is um, predominantly white, I would say, with some brown and orange streaks. But then in some of the lower area areas, the thermophiles are really like vibrant yellow and it just the terracing is so different and when i say that i mean it, it's like it's like steps like stair natural staircases that yeah, build all the way up yeah and um but yeah it's, it's it's definitely not a place that i would consider to be accessible because of all the staircases but it's still there there are certain parts of mammoth hot springs that you can view with a stroller or um with a wheelchair it's not that difficult to get to the upper terrace areas, but um, if you want to do the hike, it's definitely not something that they have made accommodations for. Um, from the top, if you want to park up there or get dropped up off there, dropped dropped off up there. Where? At the top of the terraces. Got it. <laughs> kind of at the start of the um, upper terrace drive. That's where you can see some of the most beautiful spots, including like the Nymph Spring and the Canary Spring. You get some really incredible colors. And um, kind of like we talked about with the other geyser basins where you get the really hot pools that have that really amazing turquoise or deep blue. That's what you get from the Nymph Spring and the Canary Spring and, and Mammoth Hot Spring up there too. So that's where, you remember where we can kind of walk down um, and then the geyser or the hot springs are flowing underneath the boardwalk and you walk down the yep. hill and you can see it actually like bubbling up and oh yeah it's super beautiful all around there yeah and it's funny each time that we've been we, we've never been there on a perfectly sunny day so no i got to visit that spot twice this summer and each day it was kind of overcast and gray but that's kind of the best time to see it because number one it's not quite so crazy hot um and also the Terraces are so glowing white and yellow that against the gray sky, if you're a photographer, it makes for some of the most beautiful pictures. I'm going to make sure that I actually do maybe like a little photo essay to put up on the blog so you can look you at go. it because the photos that we have are just, they're remarkable. It's so beautiful. So um, 
anything else that you wanted to kind of talk about with geysers or Mammoth Hot Springs specifically? You can't step on the geysers. So just so you know, when you see that picture of Oliver, like trying to step on a geyser and he like gets hurt, um, just don't do it. Stay on the path. So just to clarify what he's talking about, (laughs) at every single geyser area, there is a cautionary picture and it's of a little boy stepping off of the trail (laughs) onto an exploding Ah. geyser and it looks like our oldest. (laughs) I just kept telling Oliver, oh, look, look, you did it again. You stepped on a geyser. Yeah. No. So it's it's a genuine warning and you'll see signs that say thin crust. Who wants to step in boiling water? Keep your kids on the boardwalk. Yeah. and But, the, no, you'll see things that say thin crust, stay on trail. Because not everything is a boardwalk. There are just basic trails. And truly, if you step off that trail, you are stepping onto thin earth crust. Like, it could be, it looks normal, but it could just be, like, an inch thick, crisp travertine that if you step on it, there is probably a small boiling, boiling stream going right below you. Yeah. Not like when you're walking on, like, an ice pond and you're hoping, like, the ice is going to stay you know, solid and you fall into like freezing cold water. No, this is like, you're going to be burned. Yeah. Burn it, burned in hot acid water. Yeah. So, Ugh. so just think about safety. Yeah, just be careful. And um, you'll see tourists that are not paying attention to things and they step off and usually the Rangers yell at them, but don't follow their example. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, so going back to your question about like other things about the hot springs. So mammoth is really cool because we've seen, in addition to the, the really great hot springs, this last time, there was a ton of elk there. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. So in addition to seeing, you know, just the the really great springs and color, beautiful colors and pools, uh, there's a lot of wildlife around there, too. Um, and just right there in the same place, there's, um, you know, great spots to go get some food. If you need it, there's Wi-Fi in the visitor center. Like, it's a quick checkup. Um, it's pretty solid. I actually did a whole conference call from there. Um but, um, so it's funny because in one of one of the groups that I'm in on Facebook that talks about national parks, somebody asked if there was Wi-Fi in Yellowstone, and one person's like, "Nope, there's none." I said, "Actually, in this one spot in the basement of yeah. the visitor center, in the basement, at, it yeah, worked. it's right by the entrance to the bathroom. There is Wi-Fi there, and you can actually see people who, you know, don't shame people for having to take a work call on vacation if they're able to break away." And have a great vacation with their family and then have to take one work Get her call yep. to make it so that they can have a great vacation with their family. Let them do that. And you know what? The place you can do that is in the basement of the Mammoth Visitor Center. Yeah. And the and across the way, so afterwards, um, they're at the little restaurant, like snack shop. They've got good chili, just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, but no, overall. Actually, I enjoyed my... I've had three meals there this summer <laughs> and I enjoyed all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, overall, um, geysers is Yellowstone. Yeah. So you need to figure out what's important to you to see when it comes to geysers and, and plan out your days, um, and which routes you're going to go on and what you want to see. Um, because the park is so huge, you need to, you need to do some pre-planning so that you can see everything you want. Yeah. So our next episode is about um, the actual driving routes around Yellowstone. And the purpose of that is going to be to literally just help you plan your days because you don't want to waste time going back and forth from outside the park to inside the park or having to drive the same stretch of road every single day. Um, You know, spending three or four days in Yellowstone is a real treat. You don't want to spend in the car. So that will be our next episode. So be sure to tune in for that. 
thanks for hanging out with us as we chatted about geysers. Um, like we said, there is another episode besides this one all about the geysers because there are so many we had to split it into two. Um, if you get any questions, don't hesitate to leave a comment on the blog. Um, so that's going to be at twotraveldads.com. You can go to twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes and you can find the other yellowstone episodes as well as everything else yeah and if you broke your camera too by like trying to sway a bee away <laughs> like share your story yeah <laughs> feel free to share your stories share your tips ask us questions we will take care of um any sort of inquiry that you have that we can help with and i guess tune in next time to hear more about our favorite national park sounds great I, all right sorry yeah maybe not your favorite national park whose yours is it your favorite yellowstone yeah mm, no Okay, so maybe we'll save something else for a different episode. No, it's great, but it's not my favorite. So I just have to ask real quick, what is your favorite? Mm, I think it has to be Glacier. I okay, so maybe we'll glacier. record some Glacier episodes too. Yeah. Okay, good times. With All right. diverse wildlife, just saying. <laughs> okay, thanks for hanging out with us. We will come at you again um, in a couple days with another episode. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Toodles. Two Travel Dads podcast is written by Rob and Chris Taylor and produced by Rob Taylor in Suquamish, Washington. If you would like to be on Two Travel Dads podcast or sponsor it, please visit us at twotraveldads.com slash work.